This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 107.5 FM, Unholstered. Hopefully you are having a good weekend. Welcome on in here to Unholstered. I am one of your hosts, Kayla Blakesley. I represent the local media side here on Unholstered. Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Gatina. I'm a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and I represent the law enforcement side. Are you sure? You didn't really sound like I you. wasn't sure who I was today. I'm a hot mess. That's okay. <laughs> lie. We can be hot messes together. It's the weekend. We're winding down the end of summer, so we're going to give you some grace this morning. Thank you. Sophia. Um, if you've missed any previous episodes of Unholstered, where Sophia was not a hot mess, uh, you can download them anywhere you download a podcast. Just search for Unholstered. It's that simple, and boom, we'll pop up right there. We've been doing this now for over two years. I still cannot believe it. We just had our two-year anniversary not too long ago. And my biggest concern was always just coverage of topics. I know. It's crazy. That has not been a problem (laughs) at all. And we can thank the news cycle for that, uh, particularly when it came to last weekend's topic about non-citizens, for example, in Illinois becoming police officers. And fast forward to this weekend, same kind of scenario. We have this wild story out of Minnesota that popped up. And let me let me just read the headline because this got my attention real fast. Yeah. So I thought, oh, Sophia and I have to talk about this on our holstered. Town's entire police force quits and the department doesn't have any applicants for the job. I immediately sent this to you and you're like, yep, I'm in. Where's the link to the story? <laughs> and granted, well, it's a really small town, right? Yes. In, in Minnesota that's being impacted. But still, what a big deal for the small town. Right. It leaves a lot of people in an unknown kind of area, and most people don't like the unknown. So, um, you know, I think the city was, as I read the article, they seemed very unprepared for this. But in reality, should they have been? Yeah, the mayor said they were completely blindsided because on top of this entire force quitting, which wasn't a large force, what, I believe it was seven officers? Seven officers plus the chief. Plus the chief. So, okay, eight members of their police force. The mayor claims he was blindsided, but on top of that, there's been no applicants for anyone to pursue a career in law enforcement. But why is it, Sophia, that was interesting you just made that comment. Why is it you don't think they were, quote, actually blindsided? I don't think anyone dealing with police departments should be blindsided by anything. I think people know what the the temperature is for the job, and especially... And if you don't know, then I would consider that failed leadership. Oh, um, okay. Because that means you're not talking to your people. Uh, you're not knowing, you don't know what's going on, right? And people don't leave bad departments, they leave bad leadership. Yeah, and this could be a dumb question, speaking of leadership. Is Goodhue like Fort Wayne? Because our mayor appoints the police chief, the fire chief here in Fort Wayne. That's how that works. Is it similar, do we know, in Goodhue? Yes. So all all municipal police departments are appointed positions for police chief. Sheriffs are elected. Okay, right. So So that's that's across the board. across the board, yeah. So when you say leadership, you're you're not saying the police chief in this scenario. Are you kind of pointing the finger at at the mayor? You're looking... Maybe not even not so the not so much the mayor, but the councils, yeah. town councils, city councils, town councils, those kinds of things. I think they know. I mean, I'm looking at this, and the reason why everyone resigned was concerns over pay. Mm-hmm. They're making twenty two dollars an hour, and I get it. It's a small town, but there. As I looked, and I in in the law enforcement world, we get these articles a lot. I mean, this just came up on the about news cycle police officer for here, pay or? about 
officers resignations in complete towns like everyone's what, resigned so this is this not before? the only yes this is not the only town so when i was shocked about this you yeah, were not. not oh my goodness i <laughs> no. didn't know that no we've had uh, actually my research and i didn't know this um uh, we had two in indiana uh one what? in 20 uh 2020, I believe, and the other one was in 2016. Bunker Hill was in 2016. The entire force resigned. Oh, you know what? Now that you say that, I do. That does ring a bell. Yeah, and then in Knightstown, Indiana, um, the entire happen. force resigned in 2020. How big were those departments? Do you know? Uh, Twelve officers in Knightstown, okay. and I believe Bunker Hill was around eight to ten. I think. Um, not very, not very big. There were smaller areas, but in Bunker Hill, they they resigned over um, safety equipment, um, unethical behavior from the town council. Oh that, wow! Um, they said that the town council was asking them to do background checks on other political opponents, um, which is illegal to divulge mm-hmm. information that we receive um, to people that aren't supposed to have it. Um, the the town marshal there had contracted cancer and had taken some time off to, to battle that. And then when he came back, they said they would only let him work part time because he was costing them too much in insurance. Oh, wow. So there's a multitude of things. So I think when the I don't see and that's what I mean. you got these little things happening. So and instead of dealing with them, people kind of deal with them in the wrong way. Um, and. You know, if you don't have the backing of your own town council for your own people that work there and they don't care about your safety, I mean, they were using body armor, sharing it between officers. Wow. It, it, improperly fit. I, I mean, it that's gross, too. I mean, we sweat in these things and they deteriorate over time with sweat. So if imagine if it's 24 hours sweating and you never let it dry out, it would deteriorate at a, an astronomical rate. Good thing I so, already ate breakfast. Right. It, that's that's pretty gross. <laughs> so things like that. So you can't be surprised. So now right. it's starting to make more sense to me why you're saying, yeah. was leadership really blindsided? Now, do you think it's possible that the mayor of Goodhue, you know, back to this story, out of Minnesota, do you really think he was blindsided or do you think he saw some cracks? I think they probably knew that yeah. pay was low. And instead of, you know, reassuring them, like, look, we're, we're going to get you more money. It's just going to take some time because we're a small community. But let's look for grants. Let's look for things that we can do to. And remember we talked about when we talked about all this, um, the BLM stuff and how everybody wanted police to be super trained mm-hmm. and all this stuff. We talked about these smaller communities. We talked about how if there's seven officers and you send two or three to training for the day, you've got like four people left for a 24 hour coverage. Who's going to man <laughs> the coverage yeah no one thinks of that part no you don't think of those the logistical side of the training you just think oh more training more training and then who's going to pay for it um that was one town that the entire budget and it was uh blandford massachusetts where four uh officers all resigned citing unsafe working conditions pay was 14 to 15 dollars an hour and the whole budget for policing was forty seven thousand dollars. oh wow Wow. How do, you, how do you do that? I mean, they said in their, their car was a 2010 police car with no air conditioning and the seat was stuck in the reclining position. They didn't even sit upright. Hmm. Now they fixed so, the car yeah. after everyone resigned. Exactly. I bet, I bet that car got fixed real fast yeah, once they lost so, everybody. You know, you can't be surprised when you have these kind of working conditions for people we expect so much from. Yeah, especially if we're sending these particular individuals into the line of fire every day. We're asking them to risk our lives for the safety of our community. Yeah, I, I, what do you expect? I guess what's really just 
particularly staggering about Goodhue, and I don't know if any of the other scenarios that have popped up for you, Sophia, if you've ran into this, is the fact that so the the current police chief there, his name is Josh Smith. He even said, look, I'll stay on until August 24th to try and help fill some of these roles. Well, he said over uh, the last, I don't know, week or so, whatever it's been now, we're coming up on August 24th. There have been zero applicants. In fact, so I think it's actually been about three weeks since zero applicants over that three week time period for any officers. I mean, what does that tell you, Sophia? It tells me it's a highly competitive market and people really aren't going into policing. Um, you've seen the rhetoric over the past yeah. few years. That's why this show, was, the show created, was born. Right? Yeah. But but it but it matters. I mean, who wants to work in a job where everyone hates you or is perceived to hate you? Or and you know what? And I'll say this. It's not everyone. Mm-hmm. Majority of the people like the police. They are happy that we're around, but they're just not vocal about it. And I don't need you to shout from the rooftops, but I need you to vote right for people who support us and people who support public safety because we know what happens when you don't we know what happens to governments we know what happens to prosecutors and the appointments to those positions of police chief or even the election of a sheriff who doesn't really care about people that's why i always stress local elections to people you know people are like oh it's just a local election yeah like so many people i don't know i I don't know skip them i don't know i don't know why they don't know what the positions do maybe maybe that's it i mean what they're in charge of you would think that the police chief or the or whoever is electing the police chief or in this case the sheriff you would you'd think people would understand that but i mean but it's not just like and it comes to policing people don't know the role of treasurer, recorder, what city county council does as opposed to city council. Yeah, that's fair. People don't know what these, they don't even know who their representatives are on city council. That's also fair. Uh, When we go around to neighborhood meetings and and we have meetings with with people who have concerns about their neighborhood, one of the first questions we ask them is, who is your city council rep and who are your at-large reps? Mm -hmm. No No idea. No one knows. No idea. And that's a that's a foul on you as a citizen. You should know who they are. You should have their direct numbers because those are the people in charge of getting things done where you live. I agree. It's a foul on them. But look what it turns into. Yeah, right? absolutely. I mean, it turns into a foul in this particular scenario on the local police department. Yeah. So I looked this up real quick while we're chit-chatting. And that PD that I was talking about, Josh Smith, he said, and it has been three weeks, he said, this has been three weeks now. We have zero applicants and I have zero prospects. He said that on July 26th. Yeah. So it's been longer than now. He says, I've called every PD around for the youngest guys out there getting into the game. There's nobody getting into the game. If you want to keep the PD, and this is something we want to continue going with, something needs to change dramatically and drastically. And it's got to happen now. Man, I read that as you're just kind of chit-chatting there. And I that's that statement, if you want to keep the PD. How frightening, to, at least it is to me, to think about not having a local police department. Yeah. And these smaller towns, and I will say this. So here's what happens in, in situations like this. And we have this kind of hap- happen here on a local level. So there's municipalities that don't have the infrastructure or the tax base to create a police department. So the smaller towns, like a 1,200, 900 person Like town. an Arcola, let's say maybe around Even here. Even a hundred yeah? town, right? Okay. They're incorporated. They're their own municipality. They run their own okay. stuff. Okay. Gotcha. But they don't have a police department. So what they do is they pay... Allen County Sheriff's Department to patrol that area and to provide police services for the residents of that area. So they, in turn, then take care of Huntertown. Hmm. So they don't have to have their own police department. Is it more cost effective? Sure. 
But that in turn then puts burden on Allen County Sheriff's Department to have adequate personnel to ensure that they get the services that they need you know, to provide that safety. Do for you them. think people, this is sidebar, and we're using Huntertown as an example. I mean, do you think people, I didn't even, A, I did not know that. But B, now that I do know that, I'm like, hmm, does that deter someone from perhaps living in one of these locations? I don't think so. Because um, I, I, as far as I know, Allen County Sheriff's Department does a fine job. Yeah. Um, I I don't know if it's like a increased huh. crime or anything like that. But but really, if you're going back to like the when we establish policing, you know, the citizens are the police and the police are the citizens, right? Mm-hmm. We're all one team. We all want to live in safety and security. So we're in charge of that for ourselves. We are the ones that are on the lookout. You know, I can't be everywhere at the at, and officers can't be everywhere at the, at the same time seeing everything going on. We rely on the citizens to call in those suspicious persons or suspicious activity or things that they think is, OK, something's not right. And we all know when things aren't right. Sure. Oh, yeah. So we rely on them to call in. And honestly, we'll get there. But but again, when your numbers are down, you know, the the one town in Knightstown, um, when they their 12 officers resigned, they said the president should expect at least a 25 minute wait Whoa. for police. And that's with the sheriff coming in or the state police sometimes will come in and do those duties, too. Well, then, I mean, that that's my next big question. I mean, what does this town of Goodhue or what do these towns here in Indiana, what did we do? What did they do in the interim? They contracted with sheriff's departments or the state police. So and just still spreading resources, though. Thin. thin. Yeah, because they're already thin. We're all, all, numbers are down all the way around. Now, now, we're holding fairly close to where our numbers are. But again, um, I just did this this morning. I went to our retirement sheets or lists everybody in the department and their the higher date and so you're vested in your pension at 20 years so 20 years of service you can leave if you're 52 and get your pension at 50 percent of a hmm. base patrolman's pay so i look went and looked at the list and i counted everybody that was had 20 years on as of today right now we are close to 200 people whoa on this department and you have can four... leave right now if they chose. Oh, that's frightening because you have what, 400 and? We have 500, well, close to 500. Close to, I was going to say, 490 So we something. have 300 people to give you all the oh. service. There's no way. There's no way. And, and and this, so when I when we talk about things affecting police and how police are viewed and the, the people coming into policing, you know, it's still hard. Our numbers are way down. We, we're, we're going through process right now and we had... 265 applications, but only 180 people showed up to take the test. Hmm. So our numbers aren't great going forward. Now, who we have have been quality people. This last class coming out, they they were great. They did really good. Um, but again... We let's put this into perspective for us really quick, because you said, let's say you have 200 applicants. How many at the end of the day end up making it through the whole, through the entire process and become police officers in Fort Wayne? Uh, the last process, and we were pretty close to the numbers that we were here. So we were, I think we had 147 people pass the test. But you started around with around like, 200, We started right? with over 200 and some app- 280 okay. applicants, 140 passed the test. We end up, we ended up seating last time 25. Oh, wow. And what? that's because those people passed everything. It's, it's a long process. It's an arduous process. And it's a hard process for a reason. You're entrusting people with some very powerful stuff, and they have to be the best of the best. 
And again, they're human beings. Mm -hmm. They're going to screw up. I screwed up. I've screwed up. I still screw up. No, not you, Sophia. (laughs) You're perfect. (laughs) I wish. I wish I was perfect. (laughs) But that's just a part of learning. And if you're not, if you're not failing, you're not moving forward because that's mean you're not doing things. So going back to this concept of essentially farming it out to to your local sheriff's department, let's just, I mean, for sake of Goodhue, that must be what they're doing, right? Because I don't know if you saw this statement from Goodhue's mayor. She said, I want to reiterate that they, I want to reiterate that we will have police coverage in the city of Goodhue. That is not an issue. I was originally going to ask you, how can she make such a bold statement? But I... But from what I'm hearing you say, she can kind of make that statement because they're likely going to farm it out. Yeah, they're going to farm it out to a county sheriff's department or state police. Part of your career path has been the public information officer for the Fort Wayne Police Department. Um, You are very good with, with narrative and telling stories and updating the community and the public on what's happening. I, I would love to hear your perspective, Sophia. Let's say you were the current PIO for this police department, you know, and you were still on the force. You were hanging in there. I resigned, too. Yeah, right. I probably would have. Are you you kidding me? I would have been like, I'm with you. I'm with the crew. I'm the only one left. I mean, how how, I guess how do you change that narrative? I mean, because let's face it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all on the town of Goodhue. How, How do you change that narrative? What do you do? Well, I think, honestly, I'm a firm believer in you face things head on. And if what these officers are telling you in their resignation letter, what the problem is, it's lack of pay. It's lack of pay commensurate to what they're expected to do. So you have to, as a city, either face that and figure it out or you just drop the department and you contract out if that con- those contracts are available. I mean, they might not have enough personnel in those other departments to actually provide that service. So I, I don't know. Um, but but for me, I, I'm a big, okay, this is the problem. What are our solutions? I, I like solution. I'm a solutions-based person, right? So I, I don't just bury that and hope it goes away and, okay, we're going to keep it at 22 an hour and hope we get somebody. No, you're going to have to significantly raise that. And that's the it's one of the big issues with these smaller towns because mm-hmm. they just don't have that tax base. But there are certain things you can do to free up money. Like what? So there are certain grants you can go in. I know there's body armor grants, there's training grants, there's all sorts of grants you can do to kind of take that burden off the town for providing that to their departments, right? So you don't have to pay, but but the grants are good, but they're only good for so long. So say we, we do grants a lot here in Fort Wayne for things. We are, the, our peer support program started out of a grant, but at the end of the grant cycle, you have to show how you're going to sustain that. And here's the big part, and nobody wants to face this, is that it comes to tax down to tax dollars. Mm-hmm. And is the town council adequately providing the services they're expected to provide as a government entity, or are they spending their money in other areas where they probably shouldn't be yeah. on social issues rather than what is expected? Um, I always talked about, you know, government's responsibility is safety and security of their people and of this country. That's their government's number one priority. Yeah. But we have branched off into See, so many other yes, areas. That should be it. Yes. And, um, and our money is just going in other places. And now we don't have money for the things that truly matter. Yeah. And our definitions of safety and security are also vastly different than I think uh, from from others. Let's just put it right. that way. Right. Okay. So then I guess the 
this sounds bad, but kind of, I guess, the good news for those of us here in Fort Wayne, this this likely wouldn't happen here, right, Sophia? I mean, unless maybe all 200 of y'all resign at the same time. <laughs> I doubt um, it. I doubt it. It's just, but, but it's this a, is a small police yeah. force problem, perhaps. It's an insight into the problems with aging and we're not the only ones. I mean, aging police departments. You know, I came on. I love this job. I still love this job. But people don't have that passion. And a lot of these younger men and women that are coming on, they don't view careers like I do. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, when I came here, I, I fell in love with policing after I got on. I loved it. Stayed. I knew I wasn't going anywhere, but we have people and we've had some resignations over the past few years of people we weren't expecting that moved on to other career paths or other departments. Um, So that's always an issue, too. And and a lot of the times, if you're not paying what people think they need to earn, they'll find it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure, sure. Um, And that's that's in any... Any and, job, any position. And that's and that goes for us, too. We get a lot of lateral officers from other departments who come here for the money, who come here for the opportunity. Because, again, a lot of these smaller departments, you're kind of not moving up unless someone dies or retires. And sometimes that's a long time because there's only a certain amount of leadership positions. Right. So, and, I'm, and I'm assuming that the pay increases only come when you are promoted to, to sergeant or or. Uh, yeah, or you get your yearly raise if if okay, that's like a provided. cost of living raise, perhaps, or yeah, if okay. if that's something the town council has approved. Right. But again, if you're still at fourteen to fifteen dollars an hour or twenty two dollars an hour, I mean that's yeah, that's not a lot for our, for our police for what's officers. expected of yeah. you, even in small town policing, because that's a that's a whole different ball game than to hear what what I do in in a mid mid sized town police. What about this scenario then? And I'm really putting you on the spot with this one. Let's go back to Goodhue. And let's go back to them looking to f- farm out a police presence, right? They, they mm-hmm. are looking for a contract to fulfill this from the local county uh, sheriff's department there. What if they can't? What if they can't fulfill those needs? I mean, then what happens? Man, that's tough. Um, I, I don't know. Nothing, I, I, right? think okay. that I think the needs would get filled. I, I don't think any county sheriff would leave them in the lurch. But but again, I don't know what kind of town Goodhue is. Is it crime ridden? I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. If it's a small town, if yeah. it's a small town, and they only have seven officers, it's probably not like a huge crime. But but again, I, I always I always tell people, even in policing in small town, you cannot be complacent. Mm-hmm. Bad stuff happens in small towns. And one of the I follow someone on Facebook called the Rural Badge, and it's it's a former officer who talks about rural policing. And the catch line, catch phrase for them is, this is not Mayberry. Yeah. And some bad things happen in small towns because people know there's probably less police there. So there's a lot of maybe things going on there that shouldn't and bad people hiding out. Um, and it's rural. So you can go and kind of get lost um, and no one knows where you are. You can go camp or go hike and put yourself off if you live off the grid a little bit. Um, so bad <laughs> things can happen yeah. in smaller town America. And, and it has happened. And officers have lost their lives in small town America. So it, it can happen anywhere. So at the end of the day, though, you know, when it comes to this particular issue of forces just completely qu- quitting or resigning together, it is it is predominantly those in those small rural 
towns. I, yeah. feel, like, I feel like that's my big takeaway because when I read this initially, I was like, what? <laughs> what? What if that happens here? You yeah, know? No, I, I mean, was not thinking clearly about it. You know, and, and I won't lie. We did lose some people after the protest happened. Um, we lost a couple. Yeah. Um, and they retired. It's like this. I'm just done. Like this is not for me. Well, no. I think that's I think that's really the big takeaway here. Right. Is whether it's. People resigning in Fort Wayne, officers resigning in Fort Wayne, or whether entire forces resigning in Goodhue. At the end of the day, finding people to fulfill those roles, that's that's hard. It is, especially it, nowadays. In with, nowadays, with I mean, I think that's really the big takeaway. And it goes back to two plus years ago when you and I got together and decided to do this show to begin with, because the rhetoric out there is just it's so unfortunate. It's disheartening to me. Yeah, it, it really is. I love having the platform where I can come in and, and give you facts yeah. <laughs> versus emotion. Um, because for me, the facts always will outweigh the emotions. And that doesn't mean I, I'm not emotional about things. It just means that I would... But I, I have to have the fact here. What, what are the facts? We always, what do we say? Facts always outweigh our facts feelings, matter, right? right? Facts matter, right? Facts over feelings. Yep. Well, I feel like we got a lot of good facts, especially when it comes to just going back to those local elections and how important that they really are yeah. for local communities and why you need to vote and what kind of impact they can have on you personally. At least here in Fort Wayne, you know, specifically when it comes to our police department, our fire department. That's why local elections matter and will always matter. Good perspective, Sophia. Um, Next weekend, it's going to be one of those mystery shows. <laughs> it's, um, it's all mystery shows from here on out. <laughs> I tell you what, because here's why, you know, and I'll, I'll tell Things our listeners change. this: things change. We're busy. We started mapping out, you know, every weekend <laughs> what we we're going to do, and then stories like this pop up, and it's like, well, hang on, let, let's let's talk about that. And then, you know, we had this issue of that construction on I-69 kind of being a hot spot. That popped yeah. up, so we're like, no, let's throw this in here. So I just want our listeners to to be assured that. We as the news comes in, we're rolling with it as well. Yeah, we try, and I want everyone to know that we 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 kind of these are organic conversations. It's like nothing's prescripted. No, so no. We just come on like like <laughs> you sent me this topic yesterday. I researched it this morning, and here we are. Talking and I about go, it. oh hey, I haven't read the whole story yeah. yet, Sophia. And, and truth be told, but that's okay. That's that's how these nice conversations happen, and people know that we're just kind of talking, having conversations. So what you get is well, and I think authentic selves. It is, and I think what's what's valuable in that is the fact that I can ask questions to you just, I mean, I am a normal citizen, but truly like a normal citizen who, who isn't driving in their car or who is driving in their car and can't stop and read the story right now. Yeah. So I think that's important that we have both of those perspectives. If you've missed any previous episodes of Unholstered, download us anywhere you download a podcast. Just bring up Spotify, iTunes, whatever it is, search for Unholstered. Your town, your team, your topics, this is Unholstered. Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 1075 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.